Hi, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast, where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. I'm Tim Barron, and in today's episode, my co-host and Good to Be Social founder, Guy Alvarez, chats with Jeff Berardi. Jeff is the CMO of KNL Gates. KNL Gates is one of the top law firms in the world. Jeff shares his insights on marketing, business development, and client development, how to get lawyers at the firm involved in initiatives, and how to use analytics to make decisions. He'll also share his philosophy around generating client-centric thought leadership content. There's a lot of great actionable takeaways in here for legal marketers and lawyers. But before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. All right, on with the show. All right, and welcome to the show, Jeff Berardi. Jeff, the CMO at KNL Gates and our number one firm in the Social Law Firm Index 2017 Thought Leadership category. Welcome, Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks very much for uh, having me on the program. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. So, Jeff, you are the CMO at KL Gates. How long have you been at KL Gates? And tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get to be the CMO at such a great firm? So, I've been with KL Gates since 2004, and I've been in my role as CMO since 2006. So, I've seen a lot of change over the years within the firm. It's been an exciting place to work and to grow and develop my career as the firm has grown and kind of shifted our thinking in a lot of different ways over those years. So, it's been a really neat place to be. How have you shifted your thinking? Tell us a little bit about that. It's been an evolving process, I think, as the firm has changed, as the markets have changed, as we approach our marketing, business development, client development in a much different way than when we did, you know, say back in 2004. So it's been kind of an interesting journey, for sure. More specifically, over the past year, we really shifted our focus from some of the more traditional brand building activities to much more targeted strategic client development activities. And that has really allowed us to be really thinking a lot more about what the client's needs are and how do we then deliver those um, services, legal services and other services to really meet those needs in the best possible way. So it's been really a neat thing to to change our approach and to make sure that it's not just my team, but also the firm overall, the lawyers and other staff members outside of my department, they all kind of have to be rowing in the same direction to make it as effective as possible. I love that. So, you know, thinking like a client or, or having a client centric approach, you know, and you and I have spoken about this in the past, but a lot of firms claim they do it, but when we look at their content, when we see, you know, the way they position themselves, it's it's very much an internally focused website or internally focused social media presence. But when it comes to you guys, I really do see that client centricity. I think that obviously you not only think like your clients, but you sort of anticipate what it is they need, what it is they worry about. And and from my perspective, talking to a lot of in-house counsel and a lot of business owners, 
you know, at the end of the day, that's really what they're looking for, right? They're looking for a, a lawyer and a firm that understands their business and understands and has done the type of work that can help them with their problems or their options that they're trying to do. So mm-hmm. how did you make that transformation? Because I'm sure a lot of lawyers are old school. They like to organize themselves internally by practice area. How did that transformation happen? Tell me a little bit about that, that process. Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, just to kind of go back to some of your earlier comments, I feel like the great thing about this firm is that the idea of being very customer client focused is sort of in our DNA. And even though we've grown through a number of mergers and combinations in other ways, every firm that has joined us or we've combined with has had that same philosophy. So there's always been a nice connection across offices, across practices that we're in business for our clients. And we have to actually work harder to generate new clients, but also to keep them because we don't have necessarily the same background and brand recognition as some firms that have been in business for, you know, 100 plus years. So I think we've had to work a little harder for that, but it's made us stronger. So so the great thing, though, is that we had a nice foundation in place already that our lawyers really do appreciate and think about how they can serve their clients. And they do that on a daily basis, monthly basis, yearly basis. So that's really critical. That said, we wanted to try to make sure we harness that in the right way. And we really kind of early on realized that developing content was a good way to do that. So we've always been creating client alerts and white papers and other things that we've done, thinking about what are the issues that our clients are facing within a practice or within an industry and, you know, how can we help them with that and what are the areas that they need to be thinking about. So that was something that had been done since my early days with the firm. The shift was in a couple ways. Number one is the delivery of that content. How do you get that content out in the right hands? And we used to just blast out these emails to, you know, huge, massive lists And that's just not an effective way of getting content out, as you know. Right. So what we decided is that we needed to create an online destination, a digital destination, to house the content beyond our website. And as we were going through that process, we realized, well, on our website at the time, all of the content that we had was housed along practice group lines. Right. And... That's a very inward-looking way to place your content. It's not necessarily viewing it from the eyes of your client or in the shoes of your client. What I mean by that is that clients don't view the world along practice group lines. They view their world typically along industry lines. So they wouldn't say, I'm in the M&A field or in the intellectual property industry. They would say, I'm in the construction sector or in the technology field or something like that. And so to the extent that we could deliver content digitally along industry lines rather than practice group lines, that was the kind of genesis of the creation of Hub. So that's just one piece of it. And that's a really long-winded answer. (laughs) That No, no, that's a great answer. And that's a great story. And honestly, it's so refreshing to speak to someone that gets it. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of people just don't understand that what you just said, that client centricity and really, you know, presenting 
content, but not just content. I mean, you talk about retaining clients and how hard you guys have to work at that. And it's all about the experience, right? And I feel like a lot of law firms out there are very transactional in in nature in that they work very hard to get the client on board. But once they do that, they offer very little value add beyond whatever the transaction might be. And, you know, with you guys, with the hub and the kind of content you're putting out there, it sounds like you guys are focused on not just getting the client on board, but providing the experience that is superior and can also help you guys to cross-sell additional services or, or, you know, do additional work for the client. Well, that's right. And one of the things we were finding with the website is that we, because we could track all the metrics, that people would go to the website, they would perhaps read a client alert that we had done within a particular practice group, and then they would leave because there wasn't any other content connected to it that would speak to them. There would be other, let's say they went for kind of an M&A alert, they might see other alerts that were written by our M&A practice group, but it wouldn't be targeted to them within their particular industry. Whereas if we're dividing the content and presenting the content along industry lines, such as within the manufacturing industry or in the technology industry, then you're actually presenting content from a myriad number of practice groups. So to your point about cross-selling, it it happens a little bit more naturally because they're able to understand more about what's affecting their particular company or their industry. And that is obviously cuts across practice groups. But Absolutely. The problem is that law firms typically are kind of viewing the world in a very narrow way, which is how they're internally structured rather than what exists outside their four walls. Absolutely. So, you know, putting together the type of content you guys are putting out, I mean, it can't be an easy thing. Tell us a little bit, how big is your team? How does the content ideation process go? Is it a collaboration with the attorneys and your team? Do you guys put some kind of calendar together? You know, how, how are you guys handling all of this content and putting out such great content on a daily and weekly basis? It's kind of like all of the above. So I've got a team of probably about 90 people globally. That is across three different function areas. So we have a marketing communications function, which is focused on more of the kind of brand building exercises. The, obviously, the website, digital marketing PR, media, and so on, graphic design. The second function within my department is business development, strategy, and operations. And that group focuses on a lot of the kind of things that we do to support our lawyers out in the marketplace. So pitches and proposals and the events and sponsorships and and certainly content development creation strategy is part of that. And then We have a third function, which is a newly created function called client development, which is really much more client-facing. It's identifying and targeting potential clients or existing clients to expand our relationship with them. And it's enabled us to be really able to talk to clients more, to listen to them, understand their needs better, and then use that information then to help create some of the content that I think they're really looking for. 
So in order for it to be successful, guy, I think all three functions need to be working fluidly across them. And that's when we really see some great things happen. So, and I can give some examples if you want. Yeah, please. So one of the examples is a report that we have recently produced that was basically we commissioned with Forbes Insights which is the research arm of Forbes magazine. And what we did is we basically worked with them and they went out into the marketplace and did a survey of about 200 general counsel and other senior executives within manufacturing companies. And we wanted to understand more about the issues, trends, challenges, and so on that those general counsel were facing within the manufacturing sector. And from that report, we were able to generate an incredible amount of content, not just the report itself, which I think is incredibly valuable, but also we were able to do blog posts. We were able to do an interactive white paper. We have hosted some events, roundtable events, where we bring people in from the client community to talk about their views on the findings, as well as just kind of understand more about kind of things they're facing within this sector. We were able to generate quite a lot of PR as a result of the survey that we did. And so in that way, we're kind of shaping the kind of information that we're sharing with our clients, but it's based on what kind of things they're finding out in their own worlds and bringing that back internally and using it in an effective way. So that's one example of how I think all three functions work together because there's the marketing communication side. There's certainly the BD strategy and operations, but also client development. We're actually talking to clients directly about the issues they're facing and learning more about it and figuring out how we can help them with some of those problems. That client development piece, I think is critical because how else are you going to know what kind of issues and problems and opportunities your clients or potential clients are facing if you're not speaking to them and you're not getting that information? And if you're going to create client-centric content, that's sort of a critical component, right? So I think that's great that you guys are doing that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think you're right. Like if you're not actually asking clients what issues they're facing and then learning from that and then creating content that you can offer some perspective or additional value to them, then you're kind of missing the point. I think our lawyers they do a great job of considering the issues that their clients are going to be facing, but sometimes it ends up being very narrow in their approach because it's within a very specialized practice group. And so one of the ways that we've been working on getting everyone on board with that shift in our thinking and philosophy is just to kind of continually educate our partners and other lawyers about you know, the need for them to think more broadly about the issues beyond just their particular practice group and also talk more to clients and understand more about what's happening in their particular companies and the challenges they face. And I think that's had a really good effect because now we're working together with our partners on what kind of content we should be creating and how then we deliver it in ways that's going to be as effective as possible. So an example of that is a really cool thing that we've done over the past six months or so, which is a podcast series geared towards the healthcare sector. And we do a usually weekly, sometimes every other week podcast with our lawyers talking about a particular issue that they think is really critical for their clients to consider and think about. And it's called Candlegate's The Healthcare Triage Series. And you can find that on Candlegate's Hub. And it's been a really great opportunity for 
members of my team to work directly with our healthcare lawyers to understand what's happening in the industry, to figure out how to present it in an interesting way. Usually there's a pretty short podcast and, you know, we had never really done that before. So we're experimenting with that and we found it to be really successful. I love that you guys are doing innovative stuff like that. And how, what has been the, the feedback so far on the podcast? Are, are you getting good? Yeah, it's been great. Certainly from our lawyers, like they get a lot of positive feedback from their clients and that's, you know, helped continue the momentum. The other neat thing is that we've been able to get a lot of different lawyers involved. So it's not just one person constantly presenting on a topic. We've got to your point about kind of building a calendar. We do have a, a good framework laid out in terms of who's going to be producing the content. So that's been great. But I think the next phase, Guy, is this idea of the client development piece, which it's really a really important shift for us because it's allowed us to get in front of potential clients and others who don't even really know us that well with something that's immediately valuable to them. And then we can start to build that relationship because you've already provided them with something that they find to be helpful. And it's an example of how we kind of approach the relationship more broadly. So that's that kind of next phase that we're really starting to make some good traction. So at some point in our conversation today, you mentioned analytics and measurements. Obviously, part of a sound thought leadership content strategy is seeing what's working and what's not working. What are you guys doing right now in terms of measurement and how are you measuring what's working? You know, what are the different things that you got going on? Yeah. There's so much data out there that you can look at. So part of it is trying to figure out which metrics are going to be most important. And then how are you going to use that information to change your approach? And so some of the things we look at are of the content we're producing, which items are being read more or have more feedback or just get more engagement. And from that, then you can say, well, let's take a look at that and figure out what it was about that that was effective. And let's try to replicate that across other content that we're producing. So we're definitely looking at that much more closely. We're starting to make some changes as a result of some of those findings. There's so much more to do. So it's kind of like a constantly improving process. But the neat thing is now with the data that's available and the analytics that are available, you have a lot more at your disposal to use to kind of continually improve what you're providing to the community. That's excellent. What would you say today, what are your biggest challenges as a CMO and as a CMO that is really, you know, moving the firm and and working with the firm to really enhance your thought leadership position? What are the things that you're struggling with? What are the things that you find challenging at this point? There's a lot of them. Um, uh, (laughs) Where to begin? Um, No, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's a great role. I really enjoy my job. I consider it to be both fascinating and enjoyable, but it's not without its challenges. And some of the biggest challenges are just kind of continually educating our firm, the members of the firm, about how we're changing our approach because it's not always completely intuitive for folks. And what we're really trying to do is almost like the less is more approach that we try to focus on fewer things and do them more effectively than try to do so many things that you're not going to be able to accomplish very much. That is counterintuitive to some the way some people think, which is to try to do as many things as possible and 
you know, just throw as many things out against the wall and see what sticks. That's one challenge is to really reduce the in- inclination to operate in that manner. And so that's something that I'm kind of doing on a regular basis is explaining what our strategy is and why we're doing things the way we are so that we can focus and we can use our resources wisely and not just either burn people out or just try to do too many things that you're you're doing poorly. So that's one of the challenges. Keeping people motivated and challenged, I think, is another one. I think the neat thing is that we've got a lot of cool projects that we're working on. And I think that does keep people engaged as they feel like they're involved in some really great things that the firm is doing. And they also, I feel like the lawyers appreciate the work they're doing in this on this front. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a lot of different things. I'm happy to go into more depth about any of those things or other things that we all probably face within this industry. But, um, you know, if you don't enjoy it and feel passionate about it, it's, it's going to be a long slog through the mud. I have one more question for you, and that is, what have been the, the bottom line results that you've seen so far? Have you guys, you know, have your lawyers told you we got a new piece of business because of this, or we landed a new client? Do you have any type of, of feedback that really lets you know that you guys are going in the right way? Yeah, yeah. So certainly improved relationships with existing clients, which is really a big measure of success, I think, that they appreciate what we're doing and it's allowed us to open up a dialogue and kind of extend the type of work that we're doing for them across practices. So that is a huge bottom line result. I think it's also opened up conversations with potential clients in ways that we just never would have been able to establish were it not for the content that we've created. And so I think that then has a great internal effect upon our lawyers and our kind of overall attitude toward this so that it means that there's more interest for people to do and create this kind of stuff rather than less interest. So I think that's where I'm seeing the the biggest benefits. The other thing is that we're looking at ways to create more customized or bespoke content. And we actually have done that with one particular client where we've created a customized page for them, which all the content is going to Canal Gates Hub, but it's very specific to them. And I'm looking at ways that we can maybe extend that to other key clients of ours, because I think there's a lot of potential there as well. So we're still working on these things, but I've been really encouraged by how things have gone so far. That's excellent. All right, so we're just about out of time. Jeff, a lot of our listeners are, you know, legal marketers. What would be your one takeaway, one your one key piece of advice to a legal marketer out there that's sort of struggling with figuring out their thought leadership strategy, struggling getting their attorneys to understand the value of client-centric content? You know, where do they start? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, that's a tough one. I think the first thing I would say is just that it's pretty clear that clients are asking law firms to provide more value. I mean, if you look at all the research out there, it's kind of coming through loud and clear that they want more value. And then the question comes, well, what does that mean? How do you provide more value? 
Well, one easy way to do so is to provide really thoughtful and relevant content for them so that it's helpful for them to do their jobs more effectively. And what I mean by them is clients, whether it's general counsel or other decision makers for legal services. So that's the first piece. The second piece is have a better understanding of what target you're going to go after. And you know, once you start to refine that, whether that's market-driven, practice-driven, industry-based, or within a particular class, maybe it's CFOs that you want to reach. Maybe it's CEOs. Maybe it's the head of the legal department. Maybe it's corporate legal operations members. So understand, like, who is the decision maker for the services that you're trying to sell, and then figure out, okay, what kind of content is going to resonate with them? and build your content that way rather than just creating what you think is going to be helpful or interesting. Because if it's not really going to have the effect that you're looking for it to have upon your target market, then you're just kind of creating more work for yourself. So that, I don't know if that's helpful. Hopefully it is, but that's the way I view it is. And that kind of goes back to the idea of think like a client, which is just simply try to understand what's going to be helpful to them and then come up with content that you feel like is going to help them do their jobs more effectively. All right, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for your time. We will let you go. I know you're a busy guy. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, they can certainly send me an email. My email address is right on our firm site, or I can give it. It's just jeffrey.berardi at klgates.com. So probably the easiest way to, to get in touch with me. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Before you go, if you liked this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at goodtobesocial.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time.